Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, and we'll look at it out of the King James Version. He says here, be strong and of good courage. Good word for all of us. Be strong and of good courage. Christianity is not for the weak and the cowardly. Some people say Christianity is a crutch. Absolutely not. You got to be strong and courageous to stand in this day and in this hour and to take the stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says here to Joshua, be strong and of good courage for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong. And then this time he says, and very courageous that thou must observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth if you weren't here this morning pick up that CD pastor met an excellent message but he was talking about our words talking about self talk what are you saying to yourself we need to be speaking what he says about us not the lies of the enemy not what our emotions say and that's what God was telling Joshua here speak the word and then he goes on and says and meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein and then this is beautiful how many of you want to have a prosperous new year Well, right here, that's the key. Speaking the word, meditating the word, attending to the things of God. Then he says, if you do that, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. And then he goes on. Have not I commanded thee. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Whithersoever thou goest. Three times he said to be strong and courageous. And also found in this passage are this threefold charge that God gave to Joshua. First of all, he said you need to lay hold of the promise. We saw it there in verse 6 that he said, I have given you the land. Go and possess what I promised to Moses. Go and lay hold of what belongs to you. Whatever God has said in his word, it is a promise. And we are to take it and make it ours. Lay hold of the word. Lay hold of the promise. And then he tells Joshua, lay hold of the pattern. The pattern is found in what we read in verse eight to meditate in the word day and night, living according to the pattern that he laid out in his word will bring us into success and will cause us to prosper in all of our ways. This is the pattern 
for our life. This is how we are to line up the affairs that we have to deal with. Does it line up with the word of God? A pattern is something that we cut out and then we want to make something out of that. So God's word is our pattern. Then thirdly, he told Joshua, lay hold of God's presence. In verse nine, he said, wherever you go, I am with you. So tonight we want to talk more about laying hold of God's presence. We didn't get all of that out the other night. Lay hold of God's presence. We can, if we continue to read all of this passage, we can see in chapter two, God gave them some more instruction. And then in chapter three of Joshua, he gave them the instruction of how they were going to cross the Jordan river. I love verse four of Joshua three in the King James. And this is all just a real quick summary of what we shared yet. There shall be a space between you and it. He's talking about the ark about 2000 cubics by measure. Do not come in near it that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before that stood out to me because we're at the head of a new year. We have not passed this way before. We don't know everything that is in store for us in 2011. I know there's some prophets of doom and gloom. I know things may not look that great in the natural, but I can tell you for sure for the child of God, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a glorious year. If we hold fast to him and we cling to his word, we pattern our life after him, we're going to prosper. I don't care what the economy's doing. I don't care what's going on around me. I got provision and I got protection. Hallelujah. How about you? So it is a new day. It is a new way. And we are entering into this year with his presence upon us. The wonderful thing that about this passage here, when he said, follow the ark. You'll see that also in chapter three. He, what happened is they were getting ready to go over into their promised land. Now you remember Moses had been the leader of the children of Israel. And when they had to get away from the Egyptians, he had used his rod to part the Red Sea, right? But now they're on the brinks of the Jordan River and it's a new time and it's a new season. It's a new leader. Joshua is the leader and God parted the Jordan River in a different fashion. I love this. He said, when the priest put their foot in the Jordan River, it's going to part. What were the priests carrying? The priests were carrying the ark of the covenant. The priests were literally carrying the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, the presence of God almighty. And when the presence of God touched the water, the waters parted and they went across on dry land. That was a miracle. 
God's presence led them to where they needed to go. And God's presence parted the obstacles. God's presence got rid of the hindrances. And there's a lesson in there for us. If you got any obstacles, if you got any rivers, if you got any mountains in your way, get the presence of God on them. Hallelujah. Seek the Lord with all of your heart and he will cause his presence to come down and his glory to rest on your situation and the obstacles will be removed. Amen. Now, as I was thinking about this a little further, I just got this phrase and I know it sounds very simple, but it just went off in my spirit. That's what I would title tonight. His presence, his power, his presence, his power in his presence is the power Amen. in the present. Those priests were carrying that ark and it was the presence of God that provided the power for the Jordan river to part. If we've got God's presence, we got all we need. Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, we're not going. And that ought to be our attitude. God, I'm going to follow the cloud. I'm not following the crowd. I'm going to follow the anointing. I'm going to follow your pattern for my life. And when I got you, God, I got all that I need. Amen. All that we need. So I found this very interesting scripture over in Habakkuk. I should have told you sooner. It'll take you a while to find it. In the King James, once again, Habakkuk chapter 3. Verse 1 through 4. Now, let me give you the background as you're finding that. This is a prayer that Habakkuk had prayed. You can hear his heart in this prayer. He's calling out to God. He knows that they need revival. He knows that they need something to happen in the land and in their lives. So let's look here in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1. And two, it says a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Siganot or something like that. Oh, Lord, Siganot, good enough. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. Hallelujah. In wrath, remember mercy. So he's crying out, Lord, revive your work. Oh, Lord, make yourself known. Let the people see your mercy. Let your goodness show up and show out. And I love the response in verse three. Simple and profound. All it says is God came. Hallelujah. It goes on and lists all those other names, but that's what I like. God came and his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise and in his brightness and his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hand and there was the hiding of his power. 
What I want you to see tonight, Habakkuk prayed. God came. When God comes, what is that? That's his manifest presence. His glory showed up on the scene. And when he came and in his presence, it says, was the hiding of his power. His glory. His presence. He showed up in splendor and in radiance. In his presence was the hiding place of his power. Now, throughout the word of God, there's times that the glory of God manifests in in a form, in a shape. Sometimes people have seen it as a cloud, as smoke. But whether we see or feel anything... When we call out to God, he said he'd come. When we seek him, he hears and answers our heart's cry. And when God shows up, he never shows up anywhere empty handed. When God shows up, he shows up with healing in his hands. When God shows up, he shows up with provision. One of the very definitions of glory is numbers commerce, splendor, hallelujah. He shows up with whatever we need. He never shows up anywhere broke. He never comes on the scene sick or oppressed or depressed. He shows up with all that he is, with all that he has. He can't help himself. He's God and he's God all by himself. He don't need anybody else. He doesn't need any help. He doesn't need any aid or assistance. He's all we need. He's all we want. He's all that we desire. Hallelujah. God came and in his presence was the hiding place of his power. Now you will notice that God didn't go everywhere. And it's the same today. God does not show up everywhere. He's not even in every church service. Did you know that? If people aren't exalting him, if people aren't uh, preaching his word, if people aren't born again, God forbid, he's not there. But God does show up where he's invited. He shows up where he is welcomed. He shows up where hearts are crying out for him. He shows up where people give him place, where people have prepared a sanctuary. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Holy, pure, hallelujah, a set apart one. Of course, Jesus lives in us. God lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. If we are born again, we understand that. But yet, we can desire more of Him. We can desire that He would come up on us. That He would manifest in the midst of the congregation. In the Old Testament, they were instructed to prepare A place. It refers to it as a habitation for his presence, a tabernacle, a temple, a dwelling place. Moses even declared this in Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. He said, The Lord is my strength 
and my song. And he is become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. Hallelujah. He said, I will prepare him a habitation. Moses acknowledged the value of God's presence. He did his part to prepare a dwelling place for him, a habitation. Under the new covenant, God doesn't dwell in tabernacles and buildings made with hands. Now, of course, like this building that has been sanctified and set apart for him and his glory has filled this place on numerous occasions and because we do worship him in his spirit and in truth and because the word does go forth with free course of course the presence of God is tangible in this place people driving by the building calls calls to them people that come in for the first time are overwhelmed by God's presence but the building is not where God lives God lives in us. Under the new covenant, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are his dwelling place. Doesn't the Bible say that? Look over in 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at this in the Amplified. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. This is a wonderful passage of scripture. A good reminder. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everybody still here? We're creating a habitation for our God. Hallelujah. First Corinthians six, verse 19 and 20 in the Amplified. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? Whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. People have the attitude. I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I say. I can go wherever I go. Not if you have the revelation that wherever I go, he goes. Whatever I hear, he hears. Whatever I see, He sees when you have the revelation that I am not my own. He lives on the inside of me. This body is the very vehicle that carries around the spirit of God. My hands are his hands extended. My feet are his feet going places and taking territory. It makes you look differently at your life and your actions. It goes on and it says here, you were born. With a price purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. So then honor God, bring him glory in your body. God lives in us. Everybody put your hands right here and say, God lives in me. My body. Is the temple temple of the Holy Ghost. Ghost. 
I will be a better caretaker of this temple so that it may bring him glory and bring him honor. He sees everything. He knows everything. Now, I don't want to meddle, but he even knows when you're getting up and having that midnight snack of that gallon of ice cream. Oops. Oops. He sees. He knows. We are not our own. We need to be good custodians of this temple. I just had this thought. Do you think that God ever looks at our lives and wonders, hmm, did I really get a good deal? It says we are bought. He bought us. He paid for us with the precious blood of Jesus. Do you think he ever looks at us and says, hmm, I wonder if they come with a return policy. (laughs) Or, wow, I just caught one, but I wished I could throw them back. No. You know, he paid an expensive price for us. The best that heaven had to offer. The blood of Jesus. I wonder if he ever says, well, was it worth the price? Were they really a bargain? Were they really a good deal? I mean, have you ever done something, bought something? Have you ever gone out to eat? And you know, you saved up and you had this meal and it was quite costly and you went away going, that wasn't worth it. That was really a disappointment. That wasn't worth it. Well, you know what? God doesn't look at our lives and say, you weren't worth it. You weren't any bargain. You weren't worth the price. No, every one of us are worth the price of the blood of Jesus. Every one of us are valuable. Every one of us are precious. Every one of us have been redeemed by the blood. Every one of us are temples of the Holy Ghost if Jesus is your Lord. And that means that every one of us should bring him honor. We should bring him glory. Glorify him in our bodies. Glorify him in our actions. Just realizing that his presence is in me. His presence is up on me. One translation of Holy Ghost is literally Holy Guest. We have a guest. A Holy Guest that lives on the inside of us. Now, if you were to go over to some relative's house or, you know, maybe even somebody you didn't know that well and they invited you to come and visit and stay at their house and you walked in and the first thing you just kind of barged in and said, I don't like where that couch is. You got to move that. You need to rearrange the furniture. And they take you and show you where your room is. Oh, this won't do. This is way too small. You're going to have to give me the master suite. You know, I'm here to take over. I'm in charge. That would not be a very good guest. Somebody that just barges in and pushes the things around and says ugly things and acts like it's their, their job to take over. Well, our Holy Ghost is a holy guest. He doesn't barge into your life and say, get rid of this. Get rid of that. Rearrange this. He's waiting for an invitation. 
Now, if you went to somebody's house and they were a good friend or relative and they came in, they said, you know, I don't like the way my living room is set up. You got any ideas? Would you, would you help me? I know you're kind of creative in that area. What's the difference? You've been given an invitation to offer your advice and your opinion. So in many of our lives, the holy guest is waiting for an invitation. Amen. If you'll open the door of your heart, if you'll make your spirit transparent before him and say, okay, is there anything that needs to be rearranged? Is there anything that needs to come into alignment? Is there anything that I'm doing that's displeasing you? If we invite him, he'll give us his advice. He'll tell us, according to the word of God, adjustments that we need to make. But if we don't ask him, if we don't open ourselves up to him, he's not going to bother us. I mean, he'll try little promptings and he'll try. But we have to open the door. We have to give him entrance. And that's why so many Christians live on the same level year after year after year. Suffering with sickness and disease. Walking in defeat. Never having the victory. And they can't figure out why. You know why? They're not attending to the things of the Spirit, first of all. And they're not inviting the Holy Guest to give them entrance. They're not giving Him entrance into their lives. They're just, you know, going about their business, thinking that they can take care of this. And they can take care of that. We need Him. We must desire him. We yearn for him. His presence, his power is not based on works. It's not a works issue. We're not saved by works. Thank God. It's by grace. But if we want his best in our lives, we got to have an honor. We must have a reverence, a respect and esteem And desire to give him the place due him in our lives. How many of you want the power turned up in your life this year? If we want the power turned up, it starts with increasing the presence in our lives. For there in his presence was a hiding place of his power. Hallelujah. Now we want to look at a couple examples here tonight of people that gave God place in their lives and the glory manifest. How many of you are familiar with the account over in 2 Chronicles chapter 5? 2 Chronicles chapter 5, the background here is that the temple had been completed. Solomon had built the temple. And the last thing that they're going to do is dedicate the temple. And before they do that, they're going to bring in the ark. 
And the whole, uh, the whole procedure of them bringing in the ark is that the priest had to make themselves ready. It talks about that they had sanctified themselves. They had set themselves apart. They had done the necessary steps to usher in the presence of God into the temple. So it wasn't that they just kind of flippantly showed up that day. There had been a lot of preparation behind the scenes. There had been a lot of seeking of the Lord. There had been a lot of heart crying out to God. There'd been a lot of, of them going through the rituals and all the things they needed to do to make sure they weren't going to be a hindrance to the presence of God, but that they were going to facilitate God's presence. And all of us should do that on a daily basis, but we definitely should do that before you come to church, make your hearts ready before you come to church, get in the presence of the Lord. And then when we all come together after being in his presence on an individual basis, then his glory will fill this place like never before. It doesn't have anything to do much with who's leading worship or who's preaching the word. It has to do with what the people are expecting and what the people have prepared themselves for. You'll see that here in this passage in second Chronicles chapter five, verse 13, again, in the King James version, it came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make us make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking. Thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice. I love that. It doesn't say their voices. When they lifted up their voice. They were in such unity and in such harmony. It sounded like one voice. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and instruments of music. And praised the Lord saying... For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Let's all say that line. For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's say it like this. Praise the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's say it again. Praise the Lord. For he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let's say it again. Praise the Lord. For he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let's say it again. Praise the Lord. For he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Can you imagine thousands of people gathered together in that beautiful temple and they were all praising the Lord and declaring that he was good and God was pleased because they got in harmony. They got in unity. They were on the same page. They weren't there to say, oh, look at this building. Look at what she's wearing. Look at what he's wearing. They were there to say, praise the Lord for he is good. God for his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. 
And as they did that, the result here in verse 14, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Hallelujah. This was a result of preparation, a result of unity, a result of praising the Lord for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. And the glory of God so filled the place that the priests were overcome. They could not even stand to minister. What does that say to you? It says to me, power. God's presence so filled the tabernacle that the power of God came upon them in such a strong fashion they could not stand to minister. It's time now for the church of the living God to accommodate the presence of God so that he may display his power in, in a greater degree. Even in this very place tonight, I don't see a cloud. I don't see smoke, but I'm telling you, the glory is here. When you talk about him, when you lift up his name, when you say, praise the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. When you exalt him above problems, when you set your affection up on him, when you speak the word only, he shows up. The glory of God is in this place tonight and it's increasing every time we come together. Hallelujah. This is a time. This is a season of greater glory. I don't know everything about this year. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know God is going to show up big and God is going to show himself strong and his delivering hand is going to be extended and we're going to see miracles and things that we have not ever seen before. Not weird, not flaky things, but things of revivals of old that men and women have seen and we have prayed for and we have believed for. Now is the time. Hallelujah. Oh, greater glory, greater manifestation, miracles, and on those that are on those that are hungry, on those that are crying out, there shall be an increase, an increase of the anointing, not just an increase up on those that stand in the pulpit and the fivefold ministry, but an increase upon those in the workplace. Divine utterance, hallelujah, flowing, 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 and the glory. 
glory of the Lord and the glory of the Lord being seen oh for for when you spend time with me haha and then you go about your day oh the glory the glory the glory will be seen upon you shining brighter shining brighter shining brighter shining brighter oh Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, his presence, his presence is rich. His presence is tangible in our midst right now. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. The glory is here. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts. Woo, hallelujah. Rest upon us, O Lord. Oh, such a day through. Saturation. Saturation. Let there be a saturation of your presence. Oh, Magadadoboto Bresoto. Oh, 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 Madadidaboto. Saturated. Oh, Mamba Badosa Bragadadobocoso. Saturated. Saturated. Oh, oh, for the work that I've called you to. Saturated. Hey, Bako, don't got a Bacaso Brataha. If you'll just respond, if you'll just respond, he'll help you. Oh, don't have your eyes on me. Don't have your eyes on a person right now. I'm telling you about Drosibra. The glory's here. The glory's here. The glory's here. Oh, Divine, 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 divine steps, divine steps, divine steps, ordered, ordered, ordered. Yeah, yeah, the steps of a good man, the steps of a good woman, ordered of the Lord. Follow the presence, follow the presence, follow the glory, and it will lead you right on into your wealthy place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Manda Didabaha. Oh, Braca Sombra. Everybody lift up your hands. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. Oh, it's in the atmosphere. In the atmosphere. In the atmosphere. Oh, if you want to stand, go ahead. You don't have to, but if you want to stand, just reach up. Reach up. Reach up. Actually, let's all stand. Let's stand and just reach up. Ha ha ha. Follow, follow, follow the presence. Follow the anointing. Oh, oh, mama. Oh, we desire you. Oh, we cry out for you. Oh, Madarama, saturated, saturated, saturated. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sadareba sodraha. Oh, maradadadabaha. Ah, dadobokuramba sodraha. Woo, hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Have your way.
do exactly what you want to do. Minister how you want to minister. Your presence. Your presence. Your power. That we would be changed. That we would be raised. Hallelujah. 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 You know, the glory of God didn't just manifest in the Old Covenant. All throughout the New Testament, manifestations of the glory. Wherever Jesus went, hallelujah, the presence and the power was manifest, raising people from the dead, opening the blind eyes, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk. What was that? It was the presence in manifestation. Oh, madre soboro de lebaca sobre And even Ebra Sibrota, even when Jesus died. The Bible says that Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. What raised Jesus from the dead? It was the glory of the Father. That same presence that filled the temple and the priests could not stand to minister. That same presence came upon Jesus as he laid in that tomb, as his body was in that tomb and his spirit was in the regions of the dam. The presence of God, oh, the glory of God reached down. Death could not hold him. Hell could not enslave him. When the presence of God came on the scene, there was such power that the tomb, the stone was rolled away. Oh, hallelujah. What are you facing in your life tonight? What kind of dead situations are looming in your path? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Woo! That same power. That same life of God, hallelujah, will quicken dead bodies, bodies that have been racked with sickness and disease. That same power, that same presence will breathe life into death-filled situations. Oh, in relationships that seem like there's no hope, the life of God, the presence of God coming on the scene. The power of God in manifestation. Oh, Woo! 
What about dead finances? Oh, my, 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 my. Do you thank the glory of God? Woo! The glory of God showing up in your finances. Hallelujah. Can make a difference. Woo! Can bring turnaround. Can bring change. Oh, ha, ha, ha. If you've got any dead areas that you want God's presence to just saturate, come on down here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God.